language in this show may be too harsh for young listeners. In other words, we still struggling with our cussing. Welcome to Psycho Music Lyricology, a podcast where music reaches the mind and lyrics touch the soul. I'm one of your co-hosts, the guy that doesn't know anything about hip-hop, Sheldon Moss, along with the great debater, Michael Nelson, and the professor, Maurice Moss. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, man, say that one more time again for that mic. I say, what's up? That's what I'm talking about right there. But hey, man. We are on number six as we go down the elementary route, or Sesame Street route, as uh, <laughs> as my calls it. We back, baby. But we've been on a little break, but we are back and we are getting it all together. But Mr. Maurice, what, what am you been I vibing on, week? man? What's happening? Uh, I'm listening to uh, one of your recommendations. Okay. Uh, you sent me the link to. The Van Hunt album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Van, yeah, yeah. I, I, Van has a new album? Oh, so yeah. there's a story. Uh, Van Hunt was a part of the whole shuffle with EMI and mm-hmm. ended up on Blue Note and had a Blue Note album that was totally shelved. But what, 10 years? I think it was close to 10 years. Yeah. Really? This record that's out. So now. they just released the album and it is really, really good. It's an excellent album. It's, I mean, and it's like, it's not even. It's not even dated. It's like it's Van Hunt, mm-hmm. and you can tell it's Van Hunt, but it's also a departure for him. And it's a it's a really, really good album. And then just reading about how he was kind of I think he was kind of had an issue with the whole album being shelved and exactly now now being subsequently released and everything. So just look, hearing hearing the story about the album, and then we had our conversation about labels. And how you how artists always get you know get get you know shuffled into that whole label thing. Mm-hmm. I had never even knew that he landed at Blue Note as a part of this whole EMI shuffle. And um, but the songs are like they're like Van Hunt. They're like some of these very very seconds of pleasure and things of that. They, and then it's also some stuff that's really not not accessible. Uh, right, too, right, but right, but right. it's it's Van Hunt. It's, yeah. it's like Van Hunt. It's not what you would normally hear on R and B radio. So cool. I really encourage everybody to listen. Is to it, it. That's is what it I'm jazzy to. or is it just strictly a, like uh, just the R and B Van? It's Hunt. Van. To me, Van Hunt. Can he's kind of all. He's kind of all over the place. Yeah. I mean, there there are I mean, jazz elements. I'm just too. thinking, you know, with it, it being a blue note, it would lean no, toward. Yeah, it's, it's it doesn't that. lean toward jazz in that sense. Okay. I mean, he landed on blue note just as this is where we need to put this person. Hmm. As a part of this whole thing, okay, it's not an album that that is that is. What's the uh, name of the album? Oh, I forgot the name of. It. I'm sorry. And I know I knew exactly what you were talking about in terms of accessible. Yeah, yeah, Although yeah. That's one of my desires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just it reminds <laughs> you of his latest album uh, that uh, is very, very like. There's like one song on there that they probably could play on the radio. That's like, like, uh, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, you know. Mm. But but the rest of it is just like him being this very very, uh, very very specific songwriter, making him just like any good songwriter, very universal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a really really the songwriting to me because Van Hunt 
is a is an underrated songwriter. He's probably the most eloquent. Yeah, songwriter in yeah. R and B funk. Well, yeah, you know, just a, I've, just always, a I've always songwriter, said, man. "Down Here in Hell" is the greatest love song ever. Mm. His songwriting, man. Yeah, I, I yeah. you know, he I, he I is say that's the greatest love song. It's, ever it's a written. cliche, but he is so slept on because yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, but I, you know. I, I'm almost. It's almost like one of those selfish things. I don't even want everybody to know about him. I'm glad he's. I'm glad he, he's <laughs> yes. where he is, man. And if he can pay his bills and keep his lights on and be, I'm like, stay right there. And be man. true to himself. And be his through his thing, man. Because he cool. truly. Uh, I don't. Do you remember when we went to see him in concert? Yes, that I was. Do. I, that was like a. I yeah. mean, and that was him on his. What would you call it? A punk rocks. Yeah. That was his punk rock album, and it yeah. was just kind of like, you would be like. Okay, he's doing a punk rock punk rock album, but it's Van Hunt, so it re- it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's totally Van Hunt, but okay, but I could meander on that one, so I'm gonna let it go. Uh, I was trying to look up the name of the punk rock album. It's, what were you hoping for? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah it's good. That was a good album. But yeah, uh, the name of that uh, album is called uh, Popular by Van Hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <coughs> it's a very good album. Very, very, very good album. Cool. Like I really hope that he at least gets an, a nomination out of it, not so he can get his appeal or more, more, but just so he can keep doing records. Because I just want him to keep doing records and just totally. exploring whatever it is that he's gonna explore. I don't even, you know, some artists you just like, okay, wherever he goes, I'm gonna go there with him, and and that's just that's why I feel about Van Hunt. That's that's he's that kind of artist for me. Cool. Well, you know, I've uh, you know, I come out with something crazy sometimes. Yeah, like, like you did the, the last, last episode. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but this time, man, I watched the uh, watched this documentary on James Carroll Booker the Third, who is a pianist out of New Orleans, Louisiana. He was known as the Black Liberace. Okay. Whoa, and he was cold. Yeah, and if you listen to Harry Connick Jr. That was one of his mentors. Oh, okay. Out of New Orleans, you know, he was, of course, he he was just out there. Is he alive? He's, or? A, he's deceased now. Was he flamboyant like Liberace? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, not that flamboyant, but you knew <laughs> it was there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He might be on in New Orleans. What's the street? Uh, Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street on in New Orleans, posted up with his liquor, and he had a patch, he wore a patch over his eye. And things of that nature, man. But he's one of those cats that uh, people don't know about. But they did this documentary on him, and uh, he died November the eighth. What was it? Nineteen? Uh, what year was that? Nineteen eighty-three. At forty-three years old. So you know he was in the drug thing, yeah. drug music. I mean, culture in music. The weed culture is yeah. one of our, one of our what topics type, that we yeah. talked about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he was a part of that culture. He drank. He did it all. Yeah. Oh, okay. You no, know, but he was kind of manly at the same time. But what about you, Mike? Uh, uh, at the at the taping of this show, we are about five days past uh, Michael Joseph Jackson's what would have been his fifty ninth yeah birthday. Yeah. So I don't know why I decided to reminisce, and I listened to Off the Wall about 150 times. The best the album by, for me. <laughs> here's, here, by and, far, and, by and, far. And here's what I say. I, mean, yeah. I say when, when if I talk to you about Michael Jackson, and one of the songs off the Off the Wall album is not like your favorite, like one of your favorite 
two songs by Michael Jackson. If you say, you know, you name two other songs that are not on Off the Wall, then to me, you don't know nothing about Michael yeah, Jackson. Yeah, 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 yeah. To me, right, right, right. Yeah, right I just, right. I can't give yeah, you yeah, any, yeah. any dap, any respect if it's like the people the that don't know anything about Prince before 1999. Right, it's right, like right, you don't, right. really, you don't get it. Yeah. But you don't Burns know what's me. going on. And yeah. what gets me is even after 1999. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> even, even some things after that. But yeah, the, uh, but I've been listening to, uh, I've been listening to Off the Wall. I don't know. I had it on repeat for a while, and uh, uh, on another note, my grandmother passed away. And my grandmother RIP, loved to sing. She loved to sing in the church choir. And so when my music consciousness came about, it was kind of the mid, late 70s, early 80s. So uh, my choir director or the choir director at the church at the time was all in the Andre Crouch. So I've been all in the Andre Crouch songs. I don't know. I've been reminiscing, uh, listening to Andre Crouch albums. Who Andre died a couple of years ago. So he has uh, some good stuff. He really has some great good stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah he, stuff. even some of his newest stuff, stuff was all right. Yeah, yeah. Me. And unfortunately, he had some drug addictions too. So I wonder how yeah. much longer he would have been around, right. and how much good music he could have put right. out had he not been uh, yeah. uh, had to deal with that. But anyway, rest in peace to my big mama. Um, but that's that's kind of what I've been listening to. But and uh, and along with uh, Big Mama, uh, we we missed the week, so we missed Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory, yeah, we missed that. Yeah, so shout out Dick Gregory. He is uh, two legends icon. that we can talk about. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, an icon in black entertainment and activism. Yeah. So he was uh, he was a hero to a lot of us uh, black folks with regard to what he did uh, comedically. And uh, his his activism, he he made us think a lot, and uh, he he taught us a lot through comedy. Right. So you know, shout out Dick Gregory and his family. Yeah. They did him justice on on song though. Oh yeah, that was a very that was good a very good on song that they yeah. did on him. Yeah. So so back to the back to the tracks, back to where we why we're here today. Uh, Psycho Music Lyricology has its first ever guest. First ever guest, uh, an woo-hoo. official friend of the podcast, and you might have heard his voice a little earlier, but <laughs> <Yeah>. we just <laughs> had to leave that there for a minute. Get this official yeah, introduction. O- to get his official introduction, along uh, with us today is you know sometimes you you meet people who 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 seem like they're new, and then you meet people who just fit in. And uh, I guess we've been hanging out with Kev for five six years maybe longer and it seems like he's just one of the brothers uh uh and i must say this that you know uh, uh my rock iq has gone up <laughs> and my, absolutely and, and my, absolutely and my house you a question and my house music iq has gone up yeah wow. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so you and, know. and 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 i'm gonna chime in and just say you know you see the rappers on uh, uh, a lot of times, they say they're doing it for the culture. Kev is a personification of people who are doing it for, doing the, culture. It for the culture. He's Absolutely. like, whenever he does something, Man, are you guys whatever. trying to make me cry? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it for the culture. He's doing it for the culture. Until now, I was officially the blackest person in the world. 
Right. <laughs> Until this moment, I was I was officially the blackest now, person. Now we room. need to see your black card. Now man, you got to. Now I got to uh, get a card out. So anyway, without further ado, we want to introduce you to our brother, Mr. Kevin Walker, who is a cultural strategist by trade and the director of cultural strategy for a company called Marketing Arm. Uh, what makes his what makes his brand so interesting is that he he or why we you know we really want him here today is because of his his trade and his, his trade is his passion uh cultural marketing cultural strategies and so uh it's it's really interesting to hear his uh his perspective his perspective on all things mm-hmm. whether it be music movies whatever uh, from a cultural from a black cultural standpoint so Kevin Walker is in the house. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. What's up, Kevin? What's I'm over up, here. Man? I'm over here, uh, just trying to figure out how I can hold up and not, <laughs> not break down and cry. Yeah, no I appreciate need, that. The no thing, need for that. The thing that I want to say is that I relish being a part of the brotherhood. Yeah, man. So cool. I appreciate that. We like uh, you being here. So, yeah. so you hear how we start the show, Kevin? You know, so we yeah. always talk about what we've been listening to. You know, since we last met, and since you know. You weren't around when we last met, but what you you've been listening to? Yeah, I've been listening ever, to. Anything? I've been doing a lot of. Um, I've been doing a lot of compilation lists on Spotify, and uh, I have a friend in Houston who's sick, and I and she likes music yeah, to okay. get her through, and so I've been making these playlists for her. And in the midst of making this playlist, I happened to discover this amazing tune by Bootsy Collins. Okay, that oh, I never okay. ever heard. Mm-hmm. It's called "As in I Love You." As in I Love You. Is it new, old? It's old. It's from, uh, I want to say it's from the Hollywood Squares album. Oh, wow. But I I cannot stop listening to it because (laughs) it's a jazz cut. And it's like, yeah, that he does. It's got a clarinet on it. And it's got Bernie Worrell playing the keys. Okay. And Bootsy is just riffing. And it's so freaking jazzy. Hmm. And, uh, And it's a beautiful tune because it's a love tune. And uh, and I was like, man, how did I not ever? I'm a huge Bootsy fan and a right. B-Funk fan. And I'm like, how did I never hear this song before? Cool. A smile of joy, a tear of laughter, as in happy. A sight of please, a sweet of sound, as in beautiful. Hmm. That's how I'm he starts telling. the song. You know, uh, Kevin, by the way, we do have a research department. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see this. <laughs> so I've been I'm listening to that yeah, Bootsy we... cut uh, okay. uh, a lot. And uh, my jam for the summer, though, is that Yo Gotti tune. I know it's ignorant as hell. <laughs> it's a strip club anthem, and it's about the strip club, but it's called Rake It Up. I've been, Rake really, it up. I've been really jamming that song. It's, and it, and, it, and Part of the genius of that song to me is the production from Mike Will made it. Okay. This is a this is a brother. I want to say Mike Will made it went to Morehouse. I think he did, mm-hmm. but he has just been producing hit after hit, kind of in an unsung way. I mean, I think people know him, but they don't really know him. And the hits that he's been producing are just bomb. So Mike Will made it is kind of like the the key figure on that song to me. But Yo Gotti, but. This is the Yo Gotti is definitely not a one hit wonder, you know. I, I've called myself bopping my head to Yo Gotti a couple of times. Yeah, it's you interesting, know, you know, I, from Memphis. I, I want to be, I want to be uh, above the fray and say, ah, trap me, but you know, it yeah. can, it, it gets me every now. And yeah. again. It See, gets me every now. And See, again. yeah, yeah. So Moss, what's what's the show about today, buddy? Okay, so today's show is uh, 
it's really a really a, a an interesting show from my perspective and i'm really glad that kevin is here but i'm gonna uh just kind of read my my little blurb that i that i wrote up about it and then we're gonna get into um our um actual conversation uh on one of tribe's classic albums midnight baradas q-tip rhymes you can be white and groove but don't prep the role long before macklemore hip-hop girded itself against imposters especially offensive were those that stepped into the hip-hop arena with the audacity to have zero melanin exceptions like third base and eminem managed to convince most of their credibility but the question still resonates today in modern music how do we as a culture make these decisions tina marie's soulfulness is never questioned but many of us give justin timberlake the side eye what are we looking for when we make assumptions about realness on today's show we want to look at appropriation versus appreciation from a musical perspective uh, we look at we look at a few artists and discuss our individual opinions of each but before we start i want to talk about uh cultural appropriation and the meaning of that and whether or not we agree, agree or disagree on the meanings and uh look at some official definitions so i kind of just Googled a definition and I'm gonna run through it briefly. And then, you know, I'm gonna let, uh, you know, everybody kind of chime in and talk about uh, how we feel about the definitions. And then I'm gonna talk about a few of the artists. So uh, cultural appropriation, uh, the act of a dominant slash privileged group adopting a cultural, adopting cultural elements of another, most likely marginalized or oppressed cultures in an insensible manner. Uh, another definition in that same vein plays on historic themes of oppression, domination, and privilege. Uh, ignores the value, significance, or meaning of the objective or practice. And I have more in that area, but I'm just gonna go down to appreciation and then we're gonna talk about it. So cultural appreciation would be understanding the significance of a particular practice slash object slash tradition and the undermining and not undermining or destroying its significance or value understanding histories of oppression and marginalization surrounding the particular object slash practice slash tradition engaging the appropriateness of your actions in relation to this history so i'm just gonna kind of i got some more definitions but i'm gonna leave it there but you know kev just as a jumping off point what uh, were are those definitions what would you add to them take away to them you have your own what what do you see as appropriation or, and appreciation yeah you know it just brings to light like the whole predicament of african-american life uh in the u.s that's that's like you talk about oppression and domination that's and, very profound what you're <laughs> But you know, it was like it was weird because I was thinking about when you, when you were given those definitions. I was just flashing back to uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I posted this amazing video from BBC. Uh, it was a, a vintage video of Little Richard being interviewed. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys saw I that. It's like yeah. one of the most amazing interviews ever. It was done maybe around 1970. Really? But if you if you get if you get online, look for it because. 
it really kind of speaks to that whole notion of appropriation. And Little Richard talks about that quite a bit, but is often not taken seriously because he's Little Richard. Yeah. Right? But, but he, when he when you hear him talking about oh, it, it's, it's a he's speaking thing. the truth when he's he talking the about truth. it. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that he was not selfish about his gift mm-hmm. and the impact of his gift and how white kids were, you know, wore his mentees, so to speak. And I thought it was interesting because what what his story was saying is that it was the white kids that were drawn to what he was doing, not necessarily the black kids, right? So when you talk about that, yes, you know, appropriation is, you know, from the, the dominant culture. But one thing that we don't talk a lot about is black people's role in, appro- in appropriation and, yeah. and the fact that we don't appreciate. That's so interesting. Yeah. We don't appreciate. Yeah. Because to that, me, that's yeah. what hey. that's my per, that's my perception on a lot of rock music when people. Uh, you know, I, I won't say people because that's a sweeping statement. Mm. But a lot of people will say, you know, you're listening to white music when right. you listen to rock music. But you're not listening to white music. You're listening to music that black people gave away. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Just like the blues. Right? And Little Richard yeah. would tell yeah. you that. Right. Well, yeah. Right. And, right. That, and that's how I feel about because I've always said that Lenny Kravitz should be the biggest rock star on the planet. Right. Li- Living Color should have been the biggest metal band on the planet. And. You are hard pressed to find black people who listen to any of those. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you you know, um, you know. Okay, so you know, in our circle, right, everybody right. knows who Lenny Kravitz is. But right. go outside of our circle right. and find younger people, or even just people who who typically just listen to the radio, they can't tell you anything about Lenny Kravitz. And you know, the interesting thing to to me about Lenny is he's become this icon for black women in terms of a sex symbol. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but they have no connection to no. his music. No, yeah. I'll tell you yeah. this. My mom knows the one song that's like the Motown song. It ain't over till it's yeah. over. Right. She yeah. knows that yeah. song. Yeah. But if she, if you, well, I'll say she might know two songs, but you're right, though. Mm-hmm. Like nobody can like run down or nobody can tell you that Lenny Kravitz has multiple, multiple albums. They don't, multiple yeah. And hits. Yeah. 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 They don't know about how he started out being an analog artist in the digital time yeah, yeah, all right, that right. Uh-huh. you know there's there's they're they're, they're yeah. disconnected and it's it's like part the un, unfortunately you know the dominant culture runs these record labels and they they control media and so they're the ones who give more shine to those who are doing black art with the white face right um that's to me that's the definition of appropriation and that you know the roots of this art is is from so that's Black a good people. question. So I mean, that's a good point that you make. Do you think that it's a it's appropriation because they don't in 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 a frequent and significant way say these are my influences and they're always like to me if you if you if you talk to Mick Jagger for a significant period of time, he's gonna they're gonna talk about black artists. Absolutely. So he I mean, and Keith Richards always get. They're going to talk about black artists, yeah. mostly James Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, for for Mick Jagger, it was Howlin' Wolf. Yeah. I think that was yeah. his prime. Yeah, yeah, Him yeah. and Muddy Waters were yeah. were, were Mick Jagger's biggest so influences. Are, but so they're. Not, I mean, so what, at what point are you? Is somebody appropriating? I mean, are they? Do you like? I, I'm trying to. I'm. I'm just. Yeah, I have it's a interesting. List, like to me, I don't get riffed up about. Appropriation until I see the money making aspect yeah, coming yeah. in. Yeah, I, like it's one thing that you can respect the, the 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 culture and the and the and the and the art and have a profound appreciation for it, but then when 
the person who created the art or created the genre doesn't get paid, mm-hmm. that to me, that's when the role of appropriation becomes um, destructive to 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 us. Right, right, right. right. So we yeah. talked about that on our labels show, kind of. Yeah, yeah. We were talking we did, about we chess did. records, and we were yeah. talking about the 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 appropriating of Willie Dixon's music, uh, and how. Uh, actually, I think it was Led Zeppelin yeah. ended up having to pay right. uh, mm-hmm. Willie Dixon mm-hmm. like and a million dollars. And Willie Dixon died a rich man. Very. Right. Okay. He didn't, he, but he didn't live one. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah. 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 So, 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 so you're saying that uh, white artists makes it big but refuses to acknowledge and, uh, you know, do some kind of financial reckoning with his influences or allow the culture to reach back and do something with that person. And that's when, yeah. that's when you got a problem. That's when I have a problem. So, so that brings my first, that brings my question to like the first artist, because I'm just going to jump to Justin Timberlake, Timberlake, <laughs> because yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at Mike. <laughs> so, <laughs> because, because, okay. Okay. Before we start, I like Justin Timberlake. Okay. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. I'm going to say what you say. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah, so this is going to be good. So yeah. I'm curious. What do you, what do you think about, okay. Debut album up through, you know, I don't, I can, I don't keep track of him like that sexy back or whatever. What, what do you think about him as an artist? I'm looking at Kevin now and then I'm going to like Mike, see what Mike has. Yeah. Said you know, him. I remember, uh, on social media, I made a statement that he was a mediocre artist mm-hmm. and I got jumped on. I got jumped <laughs> by a lot of people. And, and the point, the reason why I say that he's mediocre in terms of an artist, not as a, like a performer or actor, I think he's a. I think he's talented. Right, right, right. But as an as a music artist, it's too much reliance upon the pr- producers. Okay. So if not for Timbaland or Pharrell, I don't think we would be talking much about his. But music. let me. But let me ask you a question before we go to Mike, though. I've seen Timberlake pay homage to uh, singing on Ch- Charlie Wilson records, mm-hmm. doing stuff with Snoop Dogg, yeah. and getting out in front and saying, you know, these people like. You'd be hard pressed to find a black person to go out and find the Gap Band and bring them, you know, yeah. find Charlie Wilson and say, "Hey, and, this is this and, is and one of the band is all black." Yeah, and, and be like, "Okay, well, you know, this is this is a this is a major influence on my on my music." So I hear yeah. what you're saying about him being a mediocre artist, but uh, from a from an appropriate, just strictly from an appropriation versus an appreciation tri- type of uh, lens. I mean, it seems like to me. That he pays homage to his influence. Yeah, he definitely pays homage. Okay, uh, that's that's not an issue to me. The issue is positioning of him as a media star and as a. So that's star. more the label. That's kinda... really that's really the 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 people that control right, 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 is, right. To your definition, you know, it's the control. It's the who's in power, right, right, right. right. And 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 the record labels have not like you know like it's so interesting like someone as immensely talented as Van Hunt, who's right. rooted in true black music, who's rooted in funk. Right, and right, right. like the real gritty stuff, he's like, he's beyond marginal. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so why can't a Van Hunt? And I know it boils down to you know identity and appeal. Yeah. So you know you can't. You know, we do marketing we, and all. Of that. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the reality is that we do live in a culture where we're only 13 percent of the population right, right, in, right. in a country where we're only 13 percent of the population, and so the people that really uh, watch TV, buy records, the majority of them are non-black. So. I, I get that. You know, it's just sometimes it's just painful to see someone who's living off of black culture with a white face 
get way more uh, yeah. money and yeah. success when they when you know darn well there are other people who are way more talented than than, yeah, than them yeah, yeah. who deserve the same shine. Yeah. So, but my, you know, think about Michael Bolton. He did the Isley Brothers, Brothers song. Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he felt like I shouldn't have to pay for this. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you gonna pay for it? Well, yeah. that's that's the definition of I'm not I'm not paying homage to my yeah in a yeah. in a real way I'm not going to acknowledge the influence that this person is making. That's cultural ripoff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's almost another level of appropriation where you just kind of like that's almost the I'm I'm thinking of one of the summer songs with uh where he did the Marvin Gaye song with the. Uh, uh, you're talking about uh, 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 Robert, Robert Thicke? Yeah. Robin Thicke. Yeah, yeah, yeah him yeah, and Pharrell. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, what's the, what's the, what was that song? Blind, blind, what was it? I don't blur, know. Blurred blur, blur, blur lines. Blur lines. Blur, but yeah. it was clearly. Yeah. Clearly. It was got to give it, give it, it up, right? It was clearly Marvin Gaye's song. Yeah. But before, but I, I, want, I want Mike to have a say about Justin Timberlake. Because, you know, he got this. You know, Mike has his definition about these new black folks. No, I. you know what? My, my, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that Justin I don't think that he I think it's appropriation. I think okay, I think what? Justin Timberlake is appropriation. Here, here here's what I believe. I believe that if black people didn't co-sign Justin Timberlake uh he wouldn't call Charlie Wilson a snoop or anybody else. I think that, you know, because we we tend to we as black people and I'm gonna take the time to speak for all of us right now. We tend to um, lend credibility to white artists who try to be black. Does that make sense? It does. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So it makes sense. they get a lot. They get a lot of love from the black you, community. As long as you try to act like you black and you can, say, you know, we we could run down the list. We can run down a list of people like uh, Daily, like Sam Sneed. You can go to any church in America and find somebody. I'll blow him, right? Yeah, true. True. I mean, many. But because he's white. But no, yeah. But what I'm saying is is because they're white and because Justin Timberlake has a little bit of rhythm, he can dance a little bit. And because you know he, uh, you know he acts like you know Michael Jackson was his hero, and which he probably was on some level. I think that if white people stop listening to Justin Timberlake do soulful, soulful type music, then he wouldn't continue with that whole mm-hmm. Charlie Wilson Snoop. I think if if white people kind of said, you know what, uh, we're gonna trade you to the niggas. You can go on and be over there with him. So you saying that's his hook? That's I think it's his, I think it's his hook. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. it's his hook. We gonna we gonna trade yeah. you to the niggas. Yeah, I yeah. think immediately he would stop. Mm-hmm. I think he would that's immediately okay. stop and become a pop star again. Mm-hmm. Not that he's not a pop star now, but I'm just saying. Hey, hey, like, down like, the like middle, Miley Cyrus star. did. Yeah, she yeah. she ditched us immediately when, you know, when she saw the, the the shift in the atmosphere is more yeah, pop exactly yeah, 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 yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. and that's Absolutely. and that's exactly Absolutely. i and i but she so, was just so overt with it that's yeah, why i'm was. saying it was just hers yeah. wasn't even like so she was very overt yeah it was it was not even right and my, my point is is that i don't think that he doesn't not he doesn't he he does appreciate black music mm-hmm. i just think that he appropriated it for himself to uh, receive financial gains. So he's uh, you're, exactly you're saying he's not he, necessarily appropriating. He's just an opportunist. 
I mean, look, okay, okay. <laughs> tomato, tomato. If, if, okay. If, if, if there was a love for it, tomato, tomato. If there was a love for it, he's only put out what four albums. Who Justin Timberlake? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what okay, I mean. But these young cats are not prolific. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, like I don't, I'm saying, if you have a love for something, yeah, yeah but they're not. It pro- doesn't matter. You're gonna ride it out. That's yeah. why I don't. That's why I don't, That's money. why I don't view him as like an artist. Right. I view him as a pop star who has talents and who has ridden the wave of black music yeah. and the popularity <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. Okay. But in terms of him, like you know, growing his art, you know, because I I think about like Bowie. Right, mm-hmm. boy, boy was someone who was white, who absolutely adored black culture. Like he married, it, yeah. I mean, through and through. If you know <laughs> yeah. anything about boy, Young Americans is an R and B album. Young Americans is an R and B album. And what one thing I love about Boy's homage to R and B is that he didn't just imitate it. He put the boy stamp on it. Yeah, yeah he yeah. did it. Artfully. He made it his own. That's he made what it is, and yeah. that to me own. is what makes it appreciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we yeah. mentioned Tina Marie earlier. Tina Marie didn't try to do anything black. Tina Marie just did. What it was she in. Does. It was in her, yeah. and it right. just it's just right. what she yeah. does. And it's like yeah. it's she like try, you know, yeah. you know you, the you can feel authentic. Yeah, you yeah, you yeah. understand authentic. Yeah, and so I don't I don't I don't think that Justin Timberlake is you know. He doesn't love black music. I don't think Eminem doesn't love black artists, but there's no rapper alive who could have gotten away with Slim Shady, unless he was white. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, not none. Okay. No, with that no kind of humor, yeah. that deadpan. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and, and and if you listen, if you look at the footnotes on um, the uh, Jay Z album, I don't know if anybody's listening, looking at on Revolt Revolt TV where he does footnotes where he interviews all of these. Different it's on title too. Yeah. 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 So one of the one of the things that one of the comedians that he interviews says is, you know, we part of our ego is they were talking about the song Kill Jay Z mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. not allowed to be certain things yeah. or exactly. we don't allow ourselves to be certain exactly. things because of ego. Right. right. But I mean. Is that Eminem's fault because you allowed your ego to not let you do that? I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm not saying any because we don't know. We don't know that somebody wouldn't have been allowed to do that because nobody's ever tried. But, well, some well, of the new on. kids are trying now. Hold That's on, hold to, on, hold to, on, hold to on. Rodney Carmichael's article, yeah, yeah. so NPR, yeah. So listen yeah. to, uh, let's go back and uh, the far side. Yeah. Okay. All right. Which I love. So the far side, they were they Good were these example. they were these you Good know yeah. nerdy yeah. Uh, kids who from the left you know, coast, yeah. Good you know, doing mama jokes on, and they never were necessarily they didn't blow up. Blow up. They didn't blow up. Yeah. So they so whatever Eminem did with Slim Shady was already he that that was. That was that was, was that was already. You saying that tonality done. was out there? Yeah, it had already been done. Because yeah. what was that ninety ninety nine? What when the real Slim Shady? That was about ninety nine. Lab Cab Lab Cab in California was came out in ninety five. Yeah. Came out in ninety five. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So which was produced by Jay Dilla, by the Dilla? way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah. So you. So I mean, it's hard. You'd be hard pressed to find something that any. White artist does in that hasn't been done that before. hasn't been done before, oh, and that level. goes and that goes back to the whole definition of the the structural right, aspect, right, right. right? You know, because uh, I I was I was t- telling someone this story the other day about how when I worked for Braille Advertising in Atlanta, uh, we got invited to the Atlantic Records sales meeting, and that was so amazing to me 
to see, you know, we're this is doing the this is like around two thousand. So it's during the height of the hip hop right. era. Right. And so we walk into the hotel where the meeting is, it's all white people. Mm. Right? I was like, you know, it was kind of a disconnect because, you know, we're thinking all this black stuff is coming right. out and, you know, people got record labels and this and right. that. But when I went to the Atlantic Records meeting, it was it was hard to find someone of color. Now, there. I, I want to say the same thing. When the first time that it hit me was uh, a few years ago when I don't I don't remember which Jay-Z album got put out, but VH1 or somebody was doing a show and. Uh, it was like a release, you know, uh, here's the album that's going to be released, kind of, you know, it was like a listening session. And it was at Def Jam, and everybody in the room, except for Jay-Z, was white. Hmm. Everybody. Well, And I was just like, wait, what? And they're, they're the ones who are, you know, saying yes no yes no exactly this is how we're going to put this out it was a marketing meeting yeah so you're it not, was a marketing so, meeting yeah so when we talk about appropriation in music we're not we're, we're talking about the artist but we're also talking about who controls the medium absolutely yeah 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 and that yeah. that that shapes that shapes who gets out there to put a face on whatever music that we're calling r&b or black music or what right. have you and you know you know one thing speaking on that the thing that scares me about this time period is that we're moving to this era of metrics-driven art, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, so now with the big data play, you know, with all this algorithm streaming yeah. streams, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jay Z uh, talks all about all of that. The in, streams, yeah, on the, record on the, sales, uh, right. all of it. Whatever your social media quotient is, right. as far as uh, yeah. So, so then it's going to become like who has the biggest numbers purely right. and it it scares me because something real creative that the masses don't get will be <laughs> minimalized yeah. and i think about like prince yeah. right mm. like how here's a, a young black kid who controlled his universe from the, uh, from the from beginning the, from the beginning yeah, day one yeah. and was uh adhered to his vision yeah and <laughs> He was able to go five albums deep before, before crossing he, over. Correct. Before crossing over. Correct. You are absolutely correct. right, sir. And, and yes, it's like yes, we yes. will never again. You won't be allowed to have five albums that don't right. do some kind of mainstream whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So and five at albums. Age, and at you that can't age, get, say, you I'm, can't get past the first two singles. Yeah. yeah. So, at that age, you say, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to produce. I'm going to compose. I'm doing everything. Right. You know. And so. And it, otherwise, I'm not. Signing this deal. Well, I mean, I I challenge. I hear what you're saying, and I agree with that. But I also challenge it to the extent that there are so many outlets that there are people who still make a living and continue to put out albums mm. without that level of success. And I'm thinking about like Rasan Patterson, who still puts out albums. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the who uh, Hathaway, Chance Layla, Layla. Uh, you know, they so still small. put out. It's so small. Yeah, I mean it you know is. I mean? It is. But I mean yeah. they they are still yeah. present. They're, they're still they're still, still doing their yeah. art. And I, and I get I get that. Yeah. But one of the points that I wanted to make is that not only now in the future are we gonna have to worry about appropriation, but we're gonna have to worry about the quantification of art. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and uh and that's why to me, that's why we, we kinda had this preamble 
before we came on air about uh, how everything is starting to sound the same. Yeah. And it's being rewarded yeah. because the num- yeah. they're getting the numbers. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you're going to get more of yeah. the same. And eventually, yeah. I think what's going to happen is a rebellion against the algorithm, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. A rebellion against the data. It's coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it's just interesting because not only do we have to deal with record labels putting uh, white artists first who have more global appeal, uh, but now it's matched with the quantification aspect because mm-hmm. they can show, oh, this got three billion yeah. Yeah. views as opposed to someone, some little black kid in, yeah. in, in Memphis who's doing something really we're, innovative. We're not discriminating. We're just adhering to our numbers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. you got a, definitely an excellent point. So, um, I mean, I don't know, you guys, this is a really, really good discussion. I mean, I don't know if you want to move into the other uh, focus of this where I actually just kind of put out the name of some artists and then y'all just talk about it. We kind of did it with Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's good. Good. Hey, can, we, can we talk about Casey? Casey. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Harry, Rain, Harry Casey Wayne. Casey and Sunshine Band? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That dude is a white guy who... Organically created the best. <laughs> I, I was like, music. I was like, is he talking about Casey and Joe? Talking about shake your booty? No, yeah. no, I feel like I feel like he's an underrated wh- white artist who. I agree. Who, I agree with you. But okay. I don't. I don't view him as appropriating anything. I view yeah. him as just. That's part of who he was from. He was T. Murray. I mean, he's like yeah, T. Yeah, yeah. That's. I think Period. that. And then yeah. that he was kind of a disco artist, right? And mm-hmm. so I just think that. For me, the, it was the, the light white slide of me. Yeah, that's too in much. a sense. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> really, yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's interesting. I mean, he was, I never heard he that was the version. He was the white slide for <laughs> that's white folks. Too much. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that's true. You went too far. He I think that's true. <laughs> no, I think it's true. I, I, I think, I think, I think he's on to something. Yes. I, uh, I, I'm gonna but that's, that's that. That's that. That's that pro black coming out of here. That's that other black. <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with pro black. I'm just saying. No, you don't he, believe that. He, no, he, he put out some good music. He, he put, really out, some put music. out some good and music. But it's not, and he was a producer. It's not sly. Yeah, I mean, we're we not Stone. talking about from a content standpoint. We're talking about from the way that you approach the stage and your keyboard is in the, you are yeah. the main attraction. Right, right. That's what Sly was. True. With a band. True. A multiracial <laughs> band. True. I'm I'm not right. I'm not he, laughing. He put, I'm I'm in my man. T- yeah. Okay. He's right. building a strong argument on y'all now. I'm in Sheldon's corner on that one. Yeah, well, but but uh, but just like, just like elaborate, continue, please. You know, like a lot I've of people don't know that that uh, that that KC produced uh, "Lifted" by George McRae, which turned out to be one of the most sampled songs in hip hop. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean. Okay. So okay. so so it's interesting. Yeah, yeah like that. "Lifted" is like so many artists wow. sampled that song, and it was because it's funky. It's yeah, it's yeah. a it's and and he he used. Like a black artist, you know, to me, there's a, there's another narrative out there where black artists always innovate with the technology. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we don't create mm-hmm. the technology, but we're the first users to, like, make that shit fly. Right, really? right, right, right. That's right. like, true. And, like, Harry, uh, Casey used that drum machine in 1974 or so. Like, he started using the heck out of mm-hmm. it and then mm-hmm. making these great songs. Right. Rock, Rock Your Baby, um... Uh, lift it, you know. These are all songs that he produced for other artists, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they rock still. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I just, I just had to get his name. Okay, okay, out there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's officially yeah. on the list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me put another one out here. Uh, John Mayer. 
I don't think it's a, I, I don't I don't think he's done anything that would make me even put him in that category. Yeah, black category. Well, I, see, I the reason I music, say that is because I know, Sheldon, I know what you're saying. Sheldon yeah. and I talked about his album, his, his latest his album. Last album. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the first three singles on his last album, they could be. I'm serious. They could be played on KKDA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could be. They they like agree. straight yeah. like right. straight right. up R and B songs. Straight and, up like you know, yeah. you know, he's a fangirl of. <laughs> I said fangirl. <laughs> But he's a fan of uh, D'Angelo to no end. Yeah, right. To no end. Right. And I also included yeah. him from a, uh, you know, I was atten- intentionally trying to be provocative because he said some inappropriate things about black people. Right. So I'm just kind of like, you know, do you do you give him that? Do you give him, cut him some slack and just yeah, say man. he is? It's no. interesting. He appreciates he, the culture. He just he like, it's, it's like he's a guy who's immensely talented as a guitar player. Yeah, he is. He's bad. He's a bad dude, uh, but it's funny because it's like he so wants to be a part of the OK Player Roots, yeah, Soul Quarian yeah. crew. Yeah. I, it's yeah. just like that, that seems to be like his ultimate dream, yeah, to yeah. be yeah. accepted by that yeah. that yeah. tribe. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, I, and I mean, I doesn't think, that make him like an appreciator to yes. want to strive for that? Because yes. you do see he is thirsty in that way. Yes. You do yeah. see him kind of be yeah. like, but okay, you know what? Yeah. But I think, yeah, and and even still, I think John Mayer just makes his music. I don't think he's trying to sound like somebody else. No, I don't think. And so And I think that's the whole. Point. So we would put him in the category. I would. Of a, as I would, appreciating I would his put roots. him as an appreciator yeah. because yeah. it's just yeah. here's a song, and it just happens to sound like an R and B song, and that's what I'm doing right now. Well, let me put out another one because we're gonna we're one gonna more. reach the end here quickly because this this conversation I don't think we realize it has gone on a while, <laughs> but it's good. Uh, George Michael, mm. rest in peace. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he just. I think so. I'm, he won I'm, the I'm Grammy a, for R and B one year, but I'm gonna tell you that was a cold album. I'm that gonna, was a good ass album. Yeah. Oh my god. That but, was a good but you ass know what? Album. But here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. I think people just put it in that genre. I think people just put it in the R and B because I don't. I don't. I don't even think it was an R and B album. To be honest had, with you, you're right. It had R and B cuts. It had R and B It had some. It was part of the canon. Of yeah. Great pop records in the in the eighties. I yeah. I agree. And it had yeah. some. It had yeah. one or two cuts on it that yeah. were very specifically R and B like. Hard day, which is Prince. Hard day, <laughs> right, yeah, right, 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 right. That's, right. Yeah, that's that was a bad cut. Yeah, yeah. that was he a bad Camille. cut. He did homage uh, yeah, to Camille. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was yeah. a bad cut on that yeah. album. So yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, and he he subsequently on uh, Listen Without Prejudice did some phenomenal covers of yeah. some Stevie songs. Yeah, I I, I, I mean I mean Stevie songs that are not on that that mm-hmm. people don't listen to every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he did, did something ass. like some, he did ass, right? He did, he did ass, but he <laughs> also did. Blige, he yeah. also, I mean, and that would never got released in the United States, which is to me was a major, major mistake. But he did. Uh, I can't even think of it. But it's a, it's a Stevie song. They won't go when I go. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. how many times do you actually even hear that on the radio? Exactly. Stevie singing it. Or, yeah. Period. But he's. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, and he kind of tore it up too. Yeah. I mean, he kind of he tore it up. I mean, he did a good cover of that song. But I'm. I, I, that's why I'm saying. To me, I want to put him out there to see, you know, what what is everybody because it's hard, it's hard to have him in this conversation because there's so much deep love for that. Cat. Yeah, uh, and he was I, true to himself and yeah, and he was one of those against the label. Exactly, he was one of those you know, Tina Marie exactly. kind of yeah. uh, John. He yeah. just did the music, yeah. and I don't think he. 
you know, y- you were never going to see him uh, uh, doing the walk. You know what I mean? Right. He mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah. I'm just here. Here, here's he my roots, and I'm just going to sing this song. So I would, I would call him. You know, I think. Let me, let me, let me just throw this out there, and then you can continue with that. But I think the is and 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 Kevin may be able to back me up on this if I if I'm thinking about it in terms of where record labels and music is going, where the bottom line makes the most difference. You know, mm-hmm. it's the bottom line that really matters. Absolutely. And so I think that you could probably break. There's a break in the last 20, 25 years where you can find white artists who just want to do music versus white artists who just want to get paid. And then the ones who want to get paid in the last 10 or 15 years do it in appropriate the culture because the culture is what makes money. Yeah. You know, it's like Paul Mooney said, everybody yeah. want to be a nigga till it's time to be a nigga. Yeah. So it's you <laughs> actually, know. you know what? That's a great point, Michael, because mm-hmm. I believe, you know, there it's almost like there's a new template. Yeah. Where if you're white and you sound black, you're going to get put on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, exactly. I mean, like the, I feel like the, the purveyors of that, were those American Idol shows. Yes. You know, the, yeah, good point. they, good point. they would good forever point. reward an artist. You out there and do some soul music oh and you Oh my white. gosh. And you have, uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that changed yeah. the game to me. Yeah, and it yeah. became, it became a template mm-hmm. for like, that's the thing. Like you can't be black and sound real good and right. get put on. Right. You have to have, you because have to be non That was the that's norm. Point. You yeah. know, it was yeah. that, well, we can find that, we can find Fantasia anywhere. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, and I remember, you know, that ridiculousness even with Fantasia, right? Yeah. Did she come in second place? No, Did she win? She won. She may have and, won. Uh, she won, and actually, old girl was second. But if you talk about winning, if you add up what they've made since they left the show, mm. yeah. Versus, Fantasia ain't yeah. on the top of that no. list. Not at all. She's not and on the top of that list. She, she, she didn't get the support hard either. <laughs> no, she no, hustles right hard. I mean, yeah. she she's not hustling hard as far as putting albums out. You know what I'm saying? She yeah, but that's other probably due on. to you know she's it's the record label. It's yeah. the, you know it's mm-hmm. lack of support. It's not and they don't it's want, the star making machine. And, it's not yeah. yeah. She has the yeah. voice. And you yeah. gotta she, and you does. gotta be you know and 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 her she is authentically a black artist. Yes, she yeah. is. Yeah. All, I mean, even if the, you don't like to, her, even if yeah. you don't like her, she <laughs> is gotta, authentically right. a black artist. And so that's not gonna have any crossover appeal right, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. and if we're not buying her music yeah who else yeah, is gonna yeah, buy yeah. yeah okay last one because i know we, we're getting close yeah. lisa, lisa stansfield been around the world um not to not, me, really. not, a, not a lot there yeah. uh, not a lot in the sense of what uh, um you don't you, you you don't you do you think that she that she, yeah, she she was. Uh, she pro- took advantage producer of it. Or made, or producer made, in my okay. opinion. But she went back, and I mean, she did she did duets with Barry. She did duets with Barry White. I mean, she covered Barry songs. But I think that's because she got co-signed by black folk. I think that when Been Around the World, when that song came out, all right, it was producer driven. She had a little bit of a soulful voice. It had that that backdrop that everybody was doing right. That boost. Mm-hmm. It had that backdrop, right, right. and then when black folks said, "We got a story," Sound Warehouse, somebody walked in and asked Sherry, "Remember, yeah, I want to yeah. hear that song," yeah. and she said, "Here it is." She said, "Nah, I want to hear the 
the no, this is not the person I thought it. You know, she was like, I don't want this white girl. I want the song that came right, out. Right, right, right. And it's that whole to me. It's that Justin Timberlake thing. <clears throat> Had she not hit as a black artist, then she wouldn't have continued to do music like that. Okay. She never would have touched Barry which is, White. Which is that? That's a great point, and it goes back to what I said. Like we have a role yeah. Yeah. that we've played in this by being so uh, uh, welcoming and rewarding of. Whites who do our art. So yeah. here's my wrap up question because well, it, well, it goes along with what we, you're we don't have one more person. Okay. I want to get uh, Kevin's opinion on Adele. Oh, that's a that's great a good, one. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she's so. Overrated. Let me just say, she. I think she's talented. <laughs> she's so. I overrated. think that she's talented, man. You don't think that she's talented? Oh my god. <laughs> she is so. We, we, wait a minute. We needed a camera in here for that look. Okay. <laughs> I mean, y'all, I mean, I, I'm like, with you on that one, Kevin. That's oh my, my god, she is just but. so. Oh, uh, I mean, it's a media thing too. Yes, I mean, like I, I was watching like one of the news shows, and they were like, "Adele's going on tour." Like, like it's the biggest, greatest thing like ever. She's so, Michael Jackson. Or somebody. So here's yeah. the thing. Yeah, and here's the thing. That that last song that she put out that was such a big that Hello. what was it called Hello yeah Hello. Yes. you can go on YouTube and find fifty versions of that that are better by black people singing that song <laughs> right. that right. are like three because Joe did Joe's it. is better Joe is <laughs> that is that better. version that Joe Joe's did are you kidding me Joe has a, a, a he has version? a version of Hello and, and a video is, and it's killing what? it and a and video and it's very good and it's and it's another chick that does a a reggae version of it I've seen that one killing Adele killing her. But 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 let me let me say something about Hello. Hello is a perfect song. Any any artist worth their weight could have made that a hit record. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. it's just a beautifully it's, it's well written, beautifully written yeah, and produced yeah, yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, so but, that song, like along with her whiteness <laughs> and her ability to sound black, yeah, yeah. it's the perfect mix. Yes. And yeah. and that's the formula to me. That you know that's a beautiful. That's a, I'm so glad you brought her up because. I, as a music lover, I love so many white artists, right? So it's not a thing of race to me, mm-hmm. but it's the, I get hot when I see people <laughs> when I see people so overreact on, exactly. on marginal talent, exactly. yeah. and 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 it's like it's it's almost like part of this social media uh-huh. phenomenon, right? Like some some people jump it. It gets a velocity of me, its own, yeah, 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 and then yeah, yeah. when she went on tour, she started having voice problems because right, yeah. she wasn't up to. You can't sing. She she's not road tested, mm-hmm. and you know when you go she's going studio to studio, she's studio America, gangster. But you know what I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. You know what I appreciate about Adele. I appreciate. What you that, appreciate? I appreciate about Adele <laughs> that the music on her album is music that soul artists, female soul artists. Who like soul music should be singing, but they don't sing. Yeah. Instead of trying to sound like, let me have some music that I can have a trap artist yeah. guest on, right. or let me have something that I can play in the club. If you listen to her album, it's a soulful album, and mm-hmm. I, I I appreciate mm-hmm. her appreciation yeah. of soul music, sure. which is something that we don't do. That's I mean, I mean, not gonna outside let, of they're not going to let Fantasia make that album. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, I think it's. I think, but it's, we don't know because Fantasia didn't try to make it. We don't know that. Well, uh, I think it's structural. I really I do. Know. And okay. also, who Fantasia is, the struggle she go through personally, yeah. and all that. But you know, they got this white right. girl trained. And then, right. and you know what's interesting? To just to add on to that, this is another interesting <laughs> thing to me. They've got the black artist sounding Euro, Euro, European, like SZA. 
There's nothing black about her sound. Yeah, you know what? We we, we, you know what we, we we doing we crossing over too much. Yeah, in my opinion. yeah, yeah. That's just but me. no, 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 no. But that I, makes I, a great I, point. I want I want to challenge you on that. I li- I'm well. I think, think that's a great. It. Think about it. I think that's think a great. Think about it, Maurice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. because a black Ooh, artist because a black artist that's sounding really like them. That's really interesting. Sounding like them would probably would sell more because they mm-hmm. feel more comfortable listening to, to mm-hmm. it. Again, it's the quantified quantification of. I'm with pr- you. <laughs> creativity. Thank you, Kevin, for being excellent on the show, discussion. man. I, I sure mean, this is, this is a very here. thought-provoking discussion for me. I'm glad we talked about it. Let's give it up one more time awesome. for Kevin yeah. Walker. I just want to say thank you for, for having me. I appreciate Absolutely. you guys so Welcome, much. Brother, we want you back for more. Yeah, we're going to have you again. And you know what? I'm just going to say one thing before we leave. All I know is hello by Lionel Richie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you all for tuning in to Psycho Music Lyricology. You may listen to us, rate us, and subscribe to us on Google Play Music iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Until the next time, peace. Peace. Peace.